There's delight, joy, and fullness of joy. We'll understand fullness of joy next on Times of Refreshing. Christians, above all else, should understand joy more than most. But fullness of joy? Oh, we'll take a look at that here today on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community. Welcome to our broadcast today. If you'll join us, we're in Psalms, chapter 16. We'll be focusing on verses 8 through 11 today as we understand this dynamic of fullness of joy. Not just a a joy that we experience on a semi-regular basis, but understanding what it means to enter into the fullness of joy. Join us if you're looking for a bit of joy. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Psalm 16. And I want to talk to you all about something uh, that I try to at least once a year try to discuss and get everyone excited about. Psalm 16, verse 8 on down to 11. Look at verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Listen to David here. He says in verse 10, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Now, this is really prophetic concerning um, the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we go down to verse 11, look what he says here in verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of what? It's fullness of what? At your right hand, are pleasures forevermore. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about today. The fullness of joy. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, God is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere at the same time. He is not limited by time, space, or travel. God is in your past, he is in your present, and I'm telling you right now that he's already in your your future. He's not limited by time, he stands outside of time. Time is for us, time is not for him. He is an eternal being. He He always has existed, always will be, never had a beginning, never had an ending. He is the alpha, he is the omega. In fact, he is the beginning and he is the ending. So when we're thinking about God, we have to see him as omnipresent, that he's everywhere at the same time. He's not limited in any in any way, fashion or form. But God also chooses to manifest himself um, for specific purposes and reasons that only he can, you know, define and declare and, and, and when he chooses to. But when God chooses to manifest himself, obviously it's 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 a blessing for us. Well, realize that God has, through the power of the Holy Spirit, chosen to manifest himself to us. 
He has breathed into us, released the Spirit of God, so that there's an assurance that always, at all times, we are in the presence of God. His presence is with us. The Holy Spirit is in you, and the Bible says, and will be with you, and God will not leave you as an orphan. His presence is always there. Now, it doesn't mean that you always feel the goosebumps, but it does mean there's a knowing within your spirit that God is with me, that God is on my side, that he is near me. And so for all of us, we have to realize this. It's not, we have to stop going, trying to chase after the presence. The presence is right here. He's with me. He's in me. He's in me. He's upon me. The Holy Spirit is nigh thee, the Bible says. God is, he's near you. And so all of us have to get this in our mind. Now, we love it when he manifests himself in in different ways and forms just to, to give us more of a glimpse of his glory. But realize, because you are living in the presence of God, you have the presence of God with you, there should be a fullness of joy that hits your spirit. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So for us as saints, realize... Joy should be a big part of what we possess as the people of God. And I'm teaching on this because we're in the holiday season. And I know how the devil works. I know what the devil does. He tries to attack people during this time of the year to get them discouraged, to get them to feel grief, to get them sorrowful, to experience pain, affliction, anguish of heart, bitterness, and distress in their life. Maybe because somebody in your life died during this time of year. Maybe because you maybe went through a divorce during this time of year. Or maybe something happened to, um, you lost a job during this time of year. So what happens is the enemy, he comes along during this times of year and he tries to release all these things that I stated. And he tries to release loneliness, emptiness, Feelings of discouragement in our lives. Maybe you don't have the resources that you would like to get things for, you know, people in your life or to buy, you know, gifts and all these other things. We realize, saints, that (laughs) Christmas is not about us getting things. Can I have an amen? Amen. Christmas is not about a bunch of toys and trinkets. We got to get back to the place that if we're going to celebrate Christmas on this day and and, in this time of year, we have to keep in mind that this is about Jesus celebrating his life. Amen. Amen. But at the end of the day, what happens is the devil comes along and he gets people discouraged. And so you watch this, you know, the sun is shining, but it's cold outside. And sometimes there's dreary days during this time of year and people go into depression But the Bible says that in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And this Hebrew word there, it means to rejoice. It means gladness. I like this. It means bliss. Gladness of heart. God has released something in our spirit that causes us. In fact, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that causes us to have this internal condition of the heart and of the soul that goes beyond whether we get something or we don't have something or he left or they left or this, I don't have it. It's not a matter of our favorable circumstances. It's, it's something that God releases in our lives because in his presence, we're in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. 
God is at my right hand. God is with me. And I love David as he's as he's penning this. He says it. He says, therefore, verse eight, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Look at verse 10. For you will not leave my soul in show, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. Are we a joyful people? Do we have the joy of the Lord? Has the joy of the Lord really become our strength? Regardless of what time of year it is. That when people get around you, they sense this about about you. Man, this person's got joy. Even in the midst of, of tough and turbulent times, there's a joy that begins to spew from your, your spirit because it's supernatural. Because it's of God. It comes through our relationship with God. It's because of God in my life that I have this joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is what the Bible says. And so all of us have to take time and begin to realize, and I, and I want to say this to you, we have to stop thinking that we have a right to be depressed, discouraged, full of grief and sorrow and anguish and bitterness and distress. Look at your neighbor and tell him you don't have a right. Now tell them this. Now tell them this. Look what all God has done. Look what God has done for you in your life. Look at all God has done for you in your life. I can't get my son a big well. He already got two and broke them. So why don't you just rejoice and be glad? Can I have an amen in here? We got to rejoice and be glad. But this is our heart. We start thinking that we have a right during this time of year to go into a pity party. I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ is not coming to your pity party. Now, if you want to rejoice, get your eyes on him. Start thinking about his goodness and his faithfulness and the way he brought you out and blessed you and has encouraged you and strengthened you and comforted you, giving you the Holy Ghost, that he might show up to that kind of party. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have times where we're sad, but you can be sad and still be glad. <laughs> <laughs> you can still have a joy down in your spirit. You can wipe your tears, get off the ground, and say, Lord, I thank you that you're still on my side. Can I have an amen? Now, I'm going to show you a couple of ways in which this begins to hit our spirit and how it comes through. Number one, we see very clearly that in, that in his presence is the fullness of joy. So if I'm going to find the fullness of joy, I have to remain in his presence. I have to stay in his presence. I have to be conscious of his presence, aware of his presence. Sensitive to his presence, knowing that God, I'm always with you. You're always with me. Jesus Christ went through so many great, I mean, so many tough situations, but he always knew that his father was near him and that his father was in his life. He never was confused about that. Well, for us, it's the same thing. We have to keep in mind that God is always with us and in his presence is the fullness of joy. If I want to tap into joy, I can find it right there in him. And so this is the first way in which we're going to get the fullness of joy in our life. It's just by realizing that, that I have to stay in the presence. I have to stay in the presence of God. I want to stay close to, to God. I want to stay sensitive to God. Stay near Him and be aware of this. No matter what you're going through, you could be in the midst of a tough situation. But God, I thank you that even in this, I can find a way to release my joy in life. 
Joy is contagious. Whoo. Joy is contagious, especially for men. Let me say this to you men. This is just a side note. Men, especially you married men, you set the tempo for everything that goes on in your house. You set this tempo. You have the ability to affect change in the atmosphere of your house. When you come home from work and maybe you had a tough day and, and you, you know, want to be by yourself or you, you, you feeling discouraged or your boss says something you don't like and you come in the house and <laughs> honey, how'd you doing? Did you have <laughs> the kids want to play? <laughs> I'm telling you. You can cause your family to want you to go back to work. <laughs> you set the tempo for what's going in. But if you come in, honey, how y'all doing in here? How, give me the babies. What they doing around here? What's, what's everybody doing? And you come in and you bring the joy of the Lord. You set the tempo for what's going on in your house. Even if your wife is having a bad day. You can come in and shift change, and I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will back you up in what you bring into the house. But I watch this all the time, and I'm just going to say it to you. Even if you do have a situation where your wife may not be having a good day, don't let her take you off of what God is trying to do in your life in shifting this change in your own home. I'm the man of this house. I'm not having any depression around here, discouragement around here, bitterness and anger around here. I'm invoking the power of the Holy Ghost into this place. Woo, I feel that. Somebody needs to come home and do that sometimes. We say, honey, oh, honey, you okay? No, oh, you're not feeling good? I'm not feeling good either. Let's, let's, just, let's just complain. The devil is alive. I'm coming in the house bringing the joy of the Lord. Amen. And we have to, you set the temple for your house. And I'm going to say this to you. And I know, I know, hey, listen, you, you women in the church, you don't have to give me an offering for this. <laughs> but I'm going to say this to you. Your wife would really, really like it if you came in the house bringing that kind of joy. Because your job is to help to pull them they shouldn't be pulling you all the time. Now, don't give me an offering on that. But you can't give me an amen. amen. Okay, now. Where are all my men at in here today? That was just a side note. But for all of us, all of us here, we have to learn to shift change and change the culture in our houses and on our jobs. And how do we do this? Joy is contagious. We have to realize I'm in the presence of God and in the presence of God is fullness of joy. Wherever I go, I'm bringing joy and I'm causing joy to spread through my lifestyle. Amen. But let's go a little deeper. Go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. This is similar, but just a little bit different. This is another way in which we're going to find joy. We know through the presence of God. But look at this. Verse 11 on down. John 17, 11 to 13. 
Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. This is his prayer, his high priestly prayer. Jesus is offering up before God his Father. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. Think about that. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my what? Joy fulfilled in themselves. Think about this. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. Think about it. I want the Lord's joy to be fulfilled in me. But the way his joy is fulfilled in me is by me getting hold of the words that Jesus has spoken. Amen? This is what he said. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. You know, this is one of the main ways in which we can get a hold of the joy of the Lord is taking heed to the things that Jesus Christ has spoken. For a lot of people, it's a shame. They don't realize that the word of God is used as a tool to inspire joy within our lives and to ignite the joy of God in our lives. When we begin to release our faith in what Jesus Christ has said, the things that he has spoken into the atmosphere, spoken into our lives, the things he spoke to the disciples and to those who have, who have gone before us, and now these words are come to us, it should cause us to have joy. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves, all of us. What has Jesus spoken? What are the things he said? What are the things that he's given to his disciples? Even this very prayer should cause us to say, man, this, this should give us joy in life. Knowing that Jesus Christ prayed for us before we were ever born, ever came on the scene. Those that will believe in Jesus through the disciples and apostles. Well, saints, we have to get back to getting into the word of God, getting into hearing what Jesus Christ has said, taking heed to the red letters that have been, that have been pinned by these mighty men of God and say, God, help me to use this as a tool to inspire me that I might have more joy in my life. The devil's going to be talking to you. He's going to be telling you all kinds of stuff to get you sad, to get you down. We might as well pick up the things that Jesus Christ has spoken, amen, and begin to release them and begin to embrace them and allow them to help us so that joy begins to, to come into our hearts the way that God wants it to come. Go to John chapter 16. Verse 19 on down to 24. Now look at this. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. And he said to them. Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me. And again a little while and you will see me. Most assuredly I say to you. That you will weep and lament. But the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. 
A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. Whew, I remember those days watching my wife. Mm, mm, mm. Epidural, epidural. <laughs> Some of y'all, I don't know how y'all did it without that epidural. Mm, mm, mm. Those are times where I'm glad I'm a man. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. He's talking about his resurrection and your heart will rejoice and your joy. No one will take from you. Now, look at this. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask. The Father, in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your what? Joy may be full. That your joy. Answered prayer releases a joy into our hearts. Answered prayers is a cause for joy. It's a cause for excitement. It's a cause for us to be glad. It's a cause for us to rejoice and to have bliss in our lives. When we think about all the answered prayers that we have received from the Lord. Some of you prayed for family members to get saved. And now they're sitting right next to you rejoicing in God. That's a time for you to have joy. Answered prayer is a way in which God helps to um, uh, incite joy within our spirit. To revive joy. To awaken us to his joy. When we see God coming through on our behalf. Well, saints, we need to let people know when we're glad and excited about the things that God has done in terms of answering our prayers. It becomes contagious for people when they see, man, why are you shouting? Why are you so excited? Well, let me testify and tell you what the Lord has done in my life. Amen. Let me give you let me show you why another reason why I'm so excited. Because God has done this. He's done that. He answered my prayer. And for us, we need to stop putting Jesus on the shelf and stop thinking that we to be a Christian means that you have to look real mean and spiritual and deep. You know, I went through that phase. You know, I thought that Christianity and, and being powerful and being very mature meant that you had to be staring at people all the time getting revelation. Sin, 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 sin. No, but I grew to realize that one of the things that God does is he breaks you out. And when you get to a place of your real relationship with God, you learn not to take yourself so seriously. I'm serious about my walk with Christ. I'm serious about Christianity. I'm serious about life. I'm serious about ministry. I don't play around. My, my, the staff and the men, people who remember the church, I don't play around. This is God's business. But at the same time, I also understand that walking with Christ, one of the fruits of the Spirit of God is joy. And if we think that, that, that Christianity is just about appearing deep and spiritual and powerful, the most spiritual people that I've ever been around are the ones that have the most joy in their lives. I watch them. They have joy. And do they deal with sin? Then this church can testify. You know this. We deal with sin in this church. We don't play around with sin. But at the end of the day, we, Christianity should cause people to, to look at us and say, 
What? I want that that you have. Why aren't you always angry and bitter and mean and upset about things? Because I got the joy of the Lord. I don't have time to be doing that. That's what I was doing before I gave my life to God. I got some joy down in my spirit now. I'll laugh with you in a drop of a dime. I love it. Let's have, let's have some fun on our way to heaven. Now I want to have a good time on my way to meet Jesus, amen, to see him. I, when he returns, I want to be, I want to be laughing. I want to be, whoa, praise God. Come on, Lord. Break the sky. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm.